On December 18, 1994, three speleologists, or cave scientists, prowled through the rural Ardèche region of southeast France. Eliette Brunel Deschamps, Christian Hilaire, and Jean-Marie Chauvet often spent their free time searching for undiscovered caverns. They dedicated this holiday break to the Ardèche River near the Pont d'Arc, an awe-inspiring natural rock arch. Today, the scientists return to a tiny entrance they discovered on an earlier trip. The original opening only measured about 30 inches by 10 inches, but after some digging, they all managed to squeeze inside. Each of them struggled through the increasingly narrow tunnel, inching forward in an army crawl. Just ahead was an opening in the floor. Deschamps reached it first and saw they had an issue. To access the large cavern on the other side, they would have to survive a 30-foot drop. The team backtracked and returned later, dragging a ladder with them. They climbed down through the opening, jaws dropping as they finally set foot in the chamber below. Their headlamps danced across its breathtaking features, glittering stalactites, the calcified and giant remains of ancient cave bears were strewn throughout the cavern. But one thing in particular elicited a gasp. There on the cave wall was the red drawing of a mammoth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from ParCast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering the Chauvet Cave Paintings, stunning ancient art discovered in a cave in southeastern France. Created more than 30,000 years ago, they are the oldest known paintings in the world. These unique images of animals, insects, and a strange woman-bison hybrid served some purpose for our ancient ancestors, but scholars disagree on what. They could have been educational tools, a historical record, or even magic. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When Eliette Brunel Deschamps, Christian Hilaire, and Jean-Marie Chauvet entered the darkness and silence of the cavern, it felt like stepping onto another planet. The speleologists, or cave scientists, couldn't even tell how big the space was. Their headlamps were too weak to illuminate all the walls. But based on their echoes, they estimated it was a huge cave or gallery, an appropriate name considering the artwork they'd already found. Excitement always permeated the group when entering a new cave, but this was unlike anything they'd ever seen before. They had entered a space where prehistoric people once stood and poured out their creative energy. The drawings turned this cave into a holy place. The group proceeded with immense caution so as not to disturb any artifacts. They walked in a careful single file, stepping directly into the footsteps left by the person ahead of them. Since they could only see a few feet at a time, they kept their headlamps trained on the ground in front of them. The cave floor glittered with crystals formed from thousands of years of leaking water. Occasionally, they recognized bare bones buried beneath a thick layer of sparkling crystals. The calcified remains looked like carefully sculpted porcelain dipped in glitter. They also noted several craters in the cave floor. They identified these holes as ancient bear nests where the mammals burrowed together to hibernate. Orange and red stalagmites grew up from the ground as colorful stalactites dangled from the ceiling. For thousands of years, calcium-rich water had dripped from the ceiling, creating these strange formations. As they walked, the scientists realized the cave was even more vast than they had imagined. The ceiling was an estimated 50 feet high in some places, and the main gallery stretched over 150 feet long. The sheer size made their discovery even more exciting. Caverns this large were unheard of in river gorges like the Ardèche. As the gallery's walls came into view, everyone scanned for additional artwork. They didn't see any, but they did encounter another narrow passage. Squeezing through, they entered a large open area. Another painting was displayed before them. In the center of a massive white wall towered the four-foot-high red outline of a bear. After reaching a dead end, the group retraced their steps to the main gallery. They took a new path closer to one wall, hoping to illuminate more artwork. They spotted what looked like a symmetrical butterfly, or perhaps a bird in flight. That same image appeared again on a slab of rock hanging from the ceiling, a formation cave scientists call a rock pendant. There were more surprises to come. The next painting depicted the front half of a massive rhinoceros with an incredible horn. The group was awestruck. All three knew that bears and insects commonly appeared in cave artwork in the area. But none of them had ever seen a rhino. 
they weren't sure if archaeologists even had evidence of the animal ever living in this region. If not, now they did. As their lights trained further up the wall, they realized the rhinoceros was only the bottom of a vast decorated panel towering 30 feet high. Above the rhinoceros was a painting of a bear or lion spitting red dots. A bison rested in profile. Even more remarkable were the sets of handprints. Ancient humans had covered their palms in red pigment and pressed them against the cave wall. And there were other markings, what the speleologists called negative prints. These had been formed by putting one's palm on the wall, then splashing pigment over it. When the artists removed their hands, these shapes remained in negative spaces, surrounded by paint. Both types of handprints were another feature that didn't appear in any other cave artwork in the region. By this point, the team was overwhelmed. Everything was so freshly preserved, it was as if the artists had just finished working and left the room. And yet, these masterpieces were tens of thousands of years old. Each one of the scientists had the strange sense that they were not alone. In a book the threesome later wrote titled Dawn of Art, the Chauvet Cave, they said, the artists' souls and spirits surrounded us. We thought we could feel their presence. We were disturbing them. Chauvet and Hilaire explored a few steps further into another enormous gallery, but now their headlamps flickered. The batteries were dying. Losing their light in a foreign cave could be deadly. It was time to turn back. As they exited through the first spacious gallery, they received one final shock. The group wrote that this last painting jumped off the wall like an apparition. On the lower part of the stony surface, two animals with spotted bodies, one large and one small, stood head to head. The bigger figure looked like a panther and the smaller like a hyena. Painted above the spotty pair, several feet from the floor, stood a horned ibex or wild mountain goat and another bear. But the group focused on the panther and hyena. They could only guess at these animals' identities because, yet again, these experts had never seen these creatures painted on any cave walls in the region. And beyond that, there was no record of hyenas or panthers ever living in this part of France. There wasn't time to pause and examine. The scientists' headlamps grew dimmer by the second. They continued back toward the ladder. Even now, with their lives on the line, they carefully maintained their single set of footprints. When they spotted the exit, the scientists took one final glance around the chamber. This time, their dim headlamps caught more paintings they'd missed on the way in. A deer outlined in red, a grouping of ten dots seemingly random, and a larger array of dots forming the shape of a bison or rhinoceros. This struck the group as oddly reminiscent of modern pointillism, when artists paint images one speck of paint at a time. The technique only became popular in the late 1880s, yet here it was. Not allowing their curiosity to get the best of them, the three cave scientists climbed the ladder. 
They emerged past the cleared blockage and carefully replaced all the stones blocking the chamber opening. They felt a responsibility to protect this incredible find from anyone who might enter it with less caution. When they finally exited the cave, it was a relief to feel the cool night air. It felt like they'd just stepped back into reality from another dimension. In a way, they had. The scientists didn't know it yet, but they were the first living beings to enter the cavern in over 20,000 years. Exhausted, the three of them drove to Hilaire's nearby house for a meal. They recounted the extraordinary find to his 22-year-old daughter. As the incredible story unfolded, Hilaire's daughter interrupted them. She wanted to see this cave for herself. A wave of reality washed over the dinner table. The incredible artwork and artifacts needed to be shared with the world. They wanted Hilaire's daughter to see it. But for the relics to be appreciated and analyzed, they had to be protected. Coming up, how experts learned from Chauvet Cave without destroying it. Hi, it's Vanessa from Parcast Network, and I'm thrilled to tell you that this month marks a huge milestone for us. It's the four-year anniversary of a podcast I host called Serial Killers. If you haven't had a chance to dive into the stories and psychology behind the most nightmarish murderers of all time, why wait? There's no better time than right now to start listening. Each week, we enter the minds, the methods, and the madness of the world's most sadistic serial killers. From the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, and the co-ed killer, Edmund Kemper, to Eileen Warnos, Ed Gein, and coming soon, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. And this February, look out for our four-part special on couples who kill, following the worst love has to offer. Their names may sound ordinary, but their atrocities are anything but. You do not want to miss it. With hundreds of episodes available to binge and new ones released weekly, get to know the killers, crimes, and cases that forever changed the face of history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. New episodes air every Monday and Thursday, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Now back to the story. In 1994, three cave scientists stumbled upon the oldest known paintings on the planet. The experts realized they had stumbled into a paradox. They needed to share this incredible artwork with the planet, but it also required protection. While they mulled over the best way to announce their find, the team continued exploring the cave. Between December 18th and December 26, 1994, they mapped the entire network, calculating that it stretched about 1,700 feet 
and included four large chambers. A few additional galleries branched off laterally from the main chamber. The height of these caverns varied greatly, from about 50 to 100 feet in some places. The scientists had to crouch to fit through some of the passages that connected them. With every trip, the group took more steps to protect the cave. They didn't want to bring anyone else inside until they'd properly fortified it. They unrolled 650 feet of plastic sheeting over their existing path to protect the ground. And they placed fluorescent ribbons near especially precious relics and other sensitive areas. Finally, after many hours of back-breaking work, they decided the cave was ready for more visitors. On December 28th, scientist Jean-Marie Chauvet called the Regional Administration of Cultural Affairs, a French government agency in charge of managing cultural sites. The group knew the department took their call seriously when Jean Clata, the French Inspector General for Archaeology, arranged to meet them the very next day. On December 29, 61-year-old Clata and two other colleagues arrived at the cave. The three cave scientists took a deep breath. It was finally time to lead another group of humans inside their precious discovery. Chauvet instructed the newcomers to take off their helmets and shed the warm layers they'd worn. The entrance was still extremely narrow and every centimeter counted. Inspector Clata had plenty of experience with spelunking, but that didn't make squeezing his six-foot frame through the extremely narrow duct any easier. Finally, he emerged into the first vast cavern. Clata forgot all about the suffocating journey he'd just taken. The Paleolithic art expert found himself moved to tears. The quality, preservation, and skill of the paintings was like nothing he'd ever seen. Clata spent six hours marveling at the stunning ancient images. When he left, the first thing he did was call his supervisor, Jacques Toubon, the French Minister of Culture. Clata could barely contain his emotion as he relayed the gravity of this discovery to his boss. He compared it to another prehistoric artistic find, the Lascaux Caves. Covered with hundreds of Paleolithic paintings, it had been one of the most significant early cultural findings to date. But there was more to this cave than just the skilled artistry. The three scientists who discovered it knew that the animals in the paintings didn't appear in any other cave art in the region. Not only that, Clata knew there wasn't another cave with depictions of lions, rhinoceroses, and mammoths together like this anywhere else in the world. This cave could be the most significant discovery in ancient art ever. And it could unlock new insights into the question Clata had built his entire career on, why our ancient ancestors created art. The three original scientists couldn't have placed their discovery into more capable or cautious hands. Clata immediately sought funding to both study and preserve the cave. Although Clata took control of the cavern, no one would forget the essential contributions of Christian Hilaire, Eliette Brunel Deschamps, and Jean-Marie Chauvet. The famous cave forever carries the name of its initial discoverer, 
Chauvet. In 1998, less than four years after the Kay's discovery, Clotter secured the funding he needed. The French Ministry of Culture and Communication accepted Clotter's proposal and installed him as the head of scientific research for Chauvet Cave. Today, the cave entrance no longer requires squeezing through a 10-inch opening. The tiny duct is now a wide tunnel, protected behind an airtight steel door. A permanent metal walkway has replaced the plastic sheeting, and everyone who enters has to put on sterile booties. The ongoing preservation of this delicate, unique climate is paramount to the cave's survival. It's only open a few months a year, and only to academics. Too much contamination, even from human breath, could irreparably damage the paintings and other relics. The research conducted by Clotta and many others illuminates the history of the cave itself and the humans and animals that once inhabited it. The cave had actually been a center of human activity for thousands of years. Carbon dating determines that the paintings and bone remnants inside the cave vary greatly in age. Some of the images date as far back as 37,500 years ago. Others were painted about 10,000 years later. But about 80% of the paintings date to about 32,000 years ago. This suggests the cave reached its height of human use during that time, the Orignation period. Homo sapiens and Neanderthals both lived during this prehistoric time. They used fire and tools, but didn't yet farm or domesticate animals. Researchers don't totally agree on whether humans lived in the cave during this period. There's evidence of hearths throughout the caverns, but no sign of human remains or other utensils. It's possible the cave was solely a place for artwork, and that humans only used fires to light the cavern and to generate soot for black paint. A focus on non-prey animals also differentiates Chauvet from more modern cave art. The Homo sapiens that lived in southeastern France were hunter-gatherers. Some of the animals they preyed upon appear in the cave, including horses and bison. But much more of the artwork is dedicated to predators that fed on Homo sapiens, like cave bears, lions, and panthers. Herbivores like the rhinoceros wouldn't have eaten humans, but they were still dangerous. Ancient humans probably feared being gored by their horns or trampled in a stampede. Unlike most ancient cave art, Chauvet contains very few depictions of humans. Among the over 400 paintings of animals, humans only appear in parts, like the handprints, and in one place, a single pair of female legs. Deep inside the gallery furthest from the entrance, a rock pendant hangs from the ceiling. An ancient artist painted its entire three-dimensional surface with the bottom half of a naked woman. Her top half belongs to a bison. These subjects aren't the only thing that makes Chauvet cave art different from its peers. The quality of the work is also exceptional. Before Chauvet's discovery, many historians believed early artwork was universally primitive usually one-dimensional and utilizing single lines. More skillful, realistic drawings didn't develop until later. One look at Chauvet unravels this theory. 
These paintings are the oldest known works in the world, but they utilize modern artistic concepts like movement and perspective. The heads and bodies of animals overlap, giving the impression of a herd of horses or a pride of lions moving in unison. The art is also remarkably naturalistic. You can tell what the animals are doing by their postures. For example, some paintings depict running rhinoceroses and others show hunting lions. And because the illustrations are so precise, about 95% of the drawings can be identified as distinct species. Some displays are also incredibly complex. One massive wall shows an entire pride of lions stalking bison. Another depicts a large herd of horses, apparently chasing other prairie animals. The physical techniques the artists used are also unique. Some of the cave walls show signs of scraping, suggesting that someone spent time creating a clean, flat canvas for their work. Researchers think the majority of the paintings were done by hand or using sticks. Artists used two pigments, black made by mixing ashes and water, and red made by crushing an iron-heavy type of rock called ochre. Some of the animals aren't even painted. Instead, they were carved into the cave walls. Sometimes these engravings were embellished with paint. Many of the animals feature shading, a technique where the artist spreads the paint to illustrate details in the animal's skin. Another stylistic anomaly left researchers scratching their heads. Among the largely realistic work, ancient artists also painted groupings of uniform red dots. Some of them appeared to form animal shapes, like bison or rhinoceros. But for years, the largest painting, several feet long, has remained a mystery. It could be purely an abstract design, but many scientists feel that that is unlikely. The prehistoric artists meant for those dots to represent something. But what? In 2016, after years of wondering, the current head of the Chauvet Research Project, Jean-Michel Genesta, presented a new idea. Genesta believed the chaotic red dots depicted an ancient volcanic eruption. A geographical survey found evidence of eruptions about 22 miles from Chauvet. The volcanic blasts occurred between 30,000 and 40,000 years ago, around the same time ancient humans painted the cave. Perhaps they'd witnessed a nearby mountain spewing lava and wanted to represent that phenomenon. The massive art piece features closely packed dots in a mound shape, with more dots spread out above it. Experts think that the nearest volcano, Vivaray, exploded in a large spray of lava, just like this painting. Genesta and the rest of the Chauvet researchers presented their volcano theory in context of a greater one, that they were interested in making realistic drawings of natural threats to human life, like lions, bears, panthers, and volcanoes. The question is, why paint only that? Coming up, how our ancestors may have used cave paintings to control their unpredictable world. Life is a highway. 
And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Now back to the story. Ancient humans painted the Chauvet cave figures over about a 10,000-year period, between 25,000 and 35,000 years ago. The majority of their subjects were predators, animals that represented a threat to humans. The only depictions of humans were handprints and a set of legs with the torso and head of a bison. So much of the Chauvet artwork was different from any other cave drawings in the world, including its subjects, techniques, and most remarkably, its skillfulness. But the high quality of the art is not its most remarkable feature. It's the consistency. There aren't just a few examples of perspective and realism. These characteristics appear in most of the drawings throughout the cave. This suggests that a series of artists perfected these techniques before attempting to decorate the cave. Chauvet wasn't a place to experiment and learn. It was a destination for only the most masterful imagery. In other words, this place was sacred. Since 1994, researchers have been trying to discover why Chauvet was so important to ancient humans in the area and why only the best artwork decorated it. One of the most straightforward ideas centers around storytelling techniques. Jean-Michel Genesta, the current head of the Chauvet Research Project, pointed out the critical role light would have played in the artist's process. Fire was the only way to illuminate the cave. The flickering flames would have significantly affected how prehistoric humans viewed the illustrations. Although ancient artists had scraped some of the walls flat before painting, others took advantage of the uneven surfaces and bizarre shapes in the cave. In the case of the half-woman, half-bison figure on the rock pendant, the image wraps around the hanging stone, forcing the viewer to move in order to view it. In another part of the cave, a bison is painted on an uneven wall. It has eight legs, suggesting movement. In the light of a flickering torch, the depressions in the wall would have caused different limbs to be illuminated at different times. Under the proper circumstances, the animal could look like it was running, like it was alive. Other animals show movement as well, like a rhinoceros waving its horn or lions stalking their prey. Scientists have hypothesized that ancient humans gathered in the Chauvet cave to hear stories. In the shuddering shadows of the cave, those tales came to life. Although human representations aren't really part of the art, Geneste has a theory about how ancient people might have participated in these tales. 
When our ancient ancestors built up a big fire in one of the many hearths discovered around the cave, that powerful light did more than just make the animals on the walls dance. It created a shadow for every person there. Shadows that placed the human observers inside the paintings. Geneste imagines that prehistoric people gathered in the cave to see themselves represented among the art. Their shadow selves acted out the stories and existed in a fictional world alongside the painted animals. Telling tales around a campfire is deeply rooted in human history. It's a practice we still take part in today. There's something that feels instinctually right about Genesta's connection between the artwork, firelight, and storytelling. But there's room to dig even further into this ancient human urge, such as the question of what drove our ancestors to tell these stories. Experts have a lot of ideas on why this was. Fiction was entertainment, but it also educated listeners and preserved a culture's history. For our ancient ancestors, survival depended on rapid adaptation to changes in the natural world. New predators and other threats appeared in their environment daily. Recording these dangers for future generations represented a major step forward in critical thinking for Homo sapiens. Other researchers, like Jean Clotte, have taken this idea a step further. According to him, perhaps the Chauvet art can tell us more about what our ancient ancestors believed about the world. It's possible ancient artists created these images to process how their environment affected them. And the reverse could also be true. Maybe they also believed their stories could influence their environment. According to Clotta, cave artwork worldwide shows that prehistoric people believed in two all-encompassing metaphysical concepts, fluidity and permeability. For ancient humans, fluidity meant that living things weren't limited to rigid behaviors. In the right circumstances, a tree, for example, could take on human characteristics, like speaking. Or a woman could be both human and an animal, like a bison. Permeability was the idea that there wasn't a barrier between the physical world and a spiritual realm. Spirits could inhabit inanimate objects like a wall. They could even possess humans. With the concepts of fluidity and permeability in mind, the Chauvet paintings take on a new meaning. Let's consider fluidity first. The clearest example in the Chauvet cave is the half-woman, half-bison figure. These human-animal combinations are called therianthropes and have only appeared in a handful of painted caves. Chauvet's half-woman, half-bison therianthrope could have represented a transformation the artist witnessed. Bison likely made up a significant portion of the artist's diet. Perhaps the early humans that painted the Chauvet cave believed that by consuming a bison, a woman could figuratively transform into one. The painting could have a less straightforward purpose. Maybe the artist believed their work could initiate the transformation of a woman into a bison. The act of creating the artwork could have been an effort to initiate her transformation. 
Creating this half-human, half-bison figure could have been some sort of attempt to make hunting bison easier. Or maybe ancient humans felt they needed to repay the herd of animals by offering one of their own kind. Scholars interpret therianthropes in various ways, but one of the most prominent theories is that they represent shamans in the midst of a trance state. So perhaps the half-woman, half-bison doesn't represent fluidity, but permeability, the transition between the physical and spiritual world. Perhaps early humans believed the caves were a gateway to another realm. Maybe in front of those fires, with their shadows thrown against the walls, shamans could enter the spirit world or draw spirits into the cave. With this in mind, the artist's focus on predatory animals takes on new meaning. Perhaps they hoped that by creating imagery of their world's most dangerous aspects, humans would be able to exert more control. If the clan was worried about a pride of lions stalking their group, for example, perhaps they thought that by ceremonially fending off the lion paintings in the cave, it could prevent real-life lions from attacking. This need to control predators rather than prey is echoed in other artifacts from the time. Tools from this period suggest that Homo sapiens were already skillful hunters. There wasn't a need to manage prey spiritually. They could already do that physically. But the dangers presented by predators and other natural threats like volcanic eruptions still fell outside the ancient humans' control which is why their shamans tried to intervene spiritually. The sacred importance of such a ritual is indicated by the fact that the half-woman, half-bison image is located deep inside the cavern. A spectator has to know their way through the maze-like galleries to reach it. Today, Chauvet's Therianthrope has an added layer of protection. Modern viewers can only access this painting for limited periods of time due to toxic levels of carbon dioxide leaking into the gallery from tree roots above. It's as if the natural world conspired to shelter this especially sacred part of Chauvet. Even with the best interpretation of the evidence available, it's impossible to know exactly why our ancestors created their exquisite paintings. The best scholars and researchers can do is speculate based on the small amount of information they've gleaned. Jean Clotta felt he could only say one thing for certain about those prehistoric Homo sapiens. They were seeking truth. Clotta quipped that after what he'd learned, he never liked calling them by their proper Latin title. Homo sapien translates to wise man. From Clotta's point of view, Homo spiritualis, or spiritual man, would have been better. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on the Chauvet cave paintings, amongst the many sources we used, we found Werner Herzog's documentary Cave of Forgotten Dreams and Eliette Brunel Deschamps, Christian Hilaire, and Jean-Marie Chauvet's book Dawn of Art, The Chauvet Cave, extremely helpful to our research. 
You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Hannah McIntosh, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Ali Wicker. Fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez, with research by Bradley Klein. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa again. Before you go, don't forget to check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Each week, join me and my co-host Greg for a deep dive into the minds and madness of history's most notorious murderers. You can binge hundreds of episodes, four years worth, and catch new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Listen to Serial Killers free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.